This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Wednesday, August 31st, 2022. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editorial Director Peter Soretta. And joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film News Writer Ryan Scott. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Okay, so we only have a, a few stories today. I think we can do it in under 30 minutes, but, uh, you know, that hasn't stopped us before. <laughs> it has not. <laughs> okay, let's start first with... Um, Probably the more businessy, less exciting news. That is uh, the future of Legendary. This is the company that, uh, you know, in in their early days, they they were producers on all like the DC films, all the Nolan films, all the Snyder films, all like the the, the really cool stuff at Warner Brothers. And then uh, you know they made the transition uh, with uh, the. I, I guess I guess some of the monster films were over at Warner Brothers too, but then they made the transition to Legendary, and they've kind of not done as big of films. You know, Jurassic World, I guess that's pretty big, and um, Dune, yeah. So, what does their future look like, Ryan? Yeah, so uh, Legendary Pictures, there's guarantee you, uh, if you have enjoyed blockbuster filmmaking of any kind over the last fifteen years or so, you are familiar with that Legendary pictures logo it is you know the monsterverse movies like godzilla or kong school island the hangover films 300 detective pikachu pacific rim the jurassic world films the dark knight trilogy these are all things that were produced by legendary pacific rim another another good example um so it's kind of all over the place but you know they're big movies generally speaking um inception you know no a lot of no one stuff but so um They've had kind of an on again, off again relationship with Warner Brothers dating back to like, I think, 2005. Uh, and then they took their business to Universal for a time, uh, which is where, you know, the Jurassic World movies and stuff come in. But then even during that Universal Pact, they took De- Legendary took Detective Pikachu to Warner Brothers because there was some disputes there. So it's been, you know, so they've been with Warner Brothers again for the past few years, but their contract is up with Warner Brothers and it looks like. Uh, Legendary is moving shop. It's either going to be Sony or Paramount, and uh, Sony looks to be the front runner right now. So Legendary will be partnering up with very likely Sony, maybe Paramount, uh, in the very near future for movies. And Warner Brothers will be left without one of its key producing partners. That that feels like a bad move for Legendary in my mind because le- I've always associated Legendary with with big, huge franchise films. Uh, genre films right like uh, it's usually like uh, the geek uh, you know the films that we love to cover on slash home um and i feel like when you go to paramount 
what franchises do they have? Transformers, I guess, uh, Mission Impossible. All right, well, let's look at it this way. Okay, so what Legendary seems to have done very well is look at the IP available at a place and make the most out of it. Dune made the most out of that. The Batman trilogy made the most out of that. Um, Jurassic made a made a lot of money out of that. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and then they they their originals. Let's not. You know, they tend to partner with good people and make a lot of good decisions in that way. The Hangover trilogy made a lot of money. Inception, you know, maybe one of the most successful original sci-fi movies of the last 15 years or so. You know, stuff like that. So so I think, you know, and they, they, they have some whiffs here and there, you know, and I think part of the reason with Universal is that those, some of those didn't pan out. Like Skyscraper didn't really pan out the way they wanted it to, but... You know, I mean, you know, but Legendary, another good one is there behind the town. You know, one of my favorite movies of the last, you know, 15 years. You know, that was a good mid-budget example. Um, but, you know, Black Klansman, another good one that they were behind. So I think the idea is that if they go to Sony or Paramount, they could partner with some of the filmmakers already under that house to sort of do what they do and and get some good original stuff but then also make the most out of the ip available at either of those libraries yeah what's over at sony right now other than the spider-verse well quite honestly that was my thought is like they could use a partner to kind of you know i mean i would imagine the people at legendary would have some ideas for those movies and i think that there's there's a way to and i don't think sony has any delusions right now like yeah, Venom's going okay, but Morbius was a wake-up call, and you know I think maybe they would be willing to to l- look at something like that. Um, I don't know what else Sony has under its umbrella, but but they must have you know because the other thing a lot of companies are doing right now is looking at old movies they have in the library, things like that. What could be a franchise that isn't a franchise yet? Yeah, I mean with the Spider Verse, they can't do worse, so. <laughs> <laughs> partnering with legendary uh, uh, creatively obviously venom was a, a huge hit um, uh, let me let me let me just going over real quick some things that sony now one thing i just realized that sony has that might make sense uh sony actually has the rights to the anaconda series and we've heard for a little bit that they are oh. going to do a reboot of that that has legendary all over it to me same thing they have the lake placid film series the jumanji films um universal soldiers another weird one um uh, yeah, it seems like there's some stuff there they could work with, uh, you know. Universal Soldier is ripe for a remake at this point, I think. Yeah, yeah. And and again, this is the idea that you look at, OK, what what do you have and what can we do with? You know, and, and yeah. I uh, I don't know, man, if you said to me, Legendary Pictures is producing a new Anaconda movie tomorrow, I, I would uh, I would <laughs> I would I would pre buy that ticket as quickly as I possibly could. Yeah, 100 uh, percent. The next story I want to talk about is Ryan Johnson has been doing some press and uh, we've talked in the past about how, you know, he was attached to do a Star Wars trilogy. This is not a t- uh, connected to the Skywalker saga. It was going to be, you know, following new characters in a galaxy far, far away. And he signed this deal before, I believe, before The Last Jedi came out. Like, yeah, you know. that was what was so surprising about it at the time is is people might forget this, but before The Last Jedi came out, it reeked of like Disney and Lucasfilm having unwavering confidence in it. And like and and not to say that it didn't do well, but I don't think they predicted the kind of mixed response. And so they 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 announced this trilogy before the movie came out as evidence of that confidence 
Yeah, I have it on good authority. Kathleen Kennedy loved The Last Jedi. They were like, Disney was like just so excited for it. And then (laughs) it came out and the reaction uh, from the fan base. It was very clear that they thought, and look, I'm not saying, I I have nothing, I I have mixed feelings about The Last Jedi. I don't hate it. I don't love it. I'm just, but but I think it's, it is very clear that, that the response was mixed. Even if you take the toxicity out of it, even people who are like yeah. more reasoned about it, it's mixed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so after that, Ryan Johnson has kind of, you know, it was supposed to be the Star Wars trilogy was going to be up next. But after, you know, what happened to Last Jedi and Solo, that kind of put the the Star Wars movies like they were reassessing what they were doing with the Star Wars movie slate, the theatrical movie slate. And Ryan Johnson went off and, you know, obviously it did. Was Knives Out after? Now I'm forgetting the timeline. Knives Out was after. Yeah. So he went and did Knives Out and now, you know, obviously the sequel to that over at Netflix for, you know, huge, huge money. Like actually almost like Star Wars uh, money. Uh, Wait, you're talking about what Netflix is paying? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Netflix is paying more than Star Wars money. That deal was like (laughs) 500 million for two movies. (laughs) That's insane. Yeah, Uh, that's never going to happen again. Netflix way overpaid for these movies. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people have been assuming, including myself, that the, the Star Wars trilogy was not going to happen. And I think a lot of people are, you know, the fans who didn't like uh, the group of fans that didn't like Last Jedi or had problems with that, I think assumed like, you know, Lucasfilm and Disney has heard us and, you know, they're not going to hire him to do like a trilogy of films. Uh, I assumed on the other side that Ryan Johnson would not want to do <laughs> more Star Wars movies because, you know, I've been, I don't want to say lucky. I've been <laughs> in the position that I've been like, you know, I, I, I used to have conversations with Ryan Johnson on Twitter and I've been in <laughs> just because he had at replied me. I, there was a point where I was getting dozens of at replies to that thread a day like threatening his life like you know some toxic horrible stuff you know what yeah i know people were terrible to him but what's interesting i've heard him talk about it a lot and he's just like what he says and it's what i say a lot he's like look that is a small percentage of the overall pie for him what we see on Twitter is a fraction of what he actually sees and what he sees from people in real life and everyone is genuinely his take on it is more that it's more positive than negative, even with the negative stuff being louder. Yeah. I mean, I get that. I totally get that, Ryan. And I totally think that's the truth. That said, if he goes out and makes a knives out three, right. Or, you know, a baby driver two, or whatever he wants to do, you know, he makes whatever film he wants to do. The critics love it. Fans usually love it. And he's not getting any death threats. Right. <laughs> Like, not that we so, know of, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he got any death threats for making knives no, out. No, I'm or... just kidding. No, no, but but uh, but no, yeah, no, you're right. But at the same time, <laughs> like, you know, he's a guy. If this is something he really wants to do, and he's got. I mean, how many people get to make a Star Wars movie? You know, and how many people get yeah. to make a trilogy of Star Wars movies? I, I I would respect a lot the idea that he would not let that deter him from doing something that he yeah. would feel to be creatively fulfilling. Let me read this quote. He had an interview with Empire Magazine, and he said, quote, 
I've stayed close to Kathleen. Uh, he's talking about Kathleen Kennedy, Lucasfilm president. And we got we get together often and talk about it. It's just at this point a matter of schedule and when it can happen. It would break my heart if I were finished, if I couldn't get back in that sandbox at some point. Now, okay, so and there's also another quote here. Um, uh, uh, Kathleen Kennedy told Empire earlier this year. Now everybody's so busy, genuinely busy working on things. Ryan had such giant success with Knives Out that he's very committed to try to get that done. So it'll be a while, and we have to work three, five years in advance on what we're doing. So that's where it sits, but we love him. So, uh, I mean, it sounds like Ryan Johnson is not willing to give this up yet, although he's very careful not to mention the word trilogy or this project. You know, he says, I, uh, it would break my heart if I were finished and I couldn't get back in that sandbox at some point, which makes me wonder if, you know, this might turn into something else, you know, a one film or. Well, because TV so series. much has, so much has changed in the last five years from when this was announced to when it was, you know, that it would make a lot of sense that if something changed. Yeah. But, but, but the idea that. Like, I, I honestly am surprised that he hasn't, like, directed an episode of The Mandalorian or something. You know what I mean? I'm surprised he hasn't come back in some way. And I don't think we've seen the last of him one way or the other in this franchise. I really don't. Yeah. Uh, do you – so you say you are confident. You you seem to be way more confident than I am that he is going to come back to Star Wars and make a movie at some point. Maybe a movie, maybe something. I don't think he's done with Star Wars because I think part of it is if you bring him back – in some capacity and you don't get like, let's, let's be clear. Like Ryan Johnson is not walking back. He defends the last Jedi to the death, but the idea that like, they would be silly not to acknowledge that it didn't totally work like for everyone. So like you bring him back, you say, okay, let's maybe like behind the scenes, you acknowledge like what did and did not work on a broader scale. And then maybe they sort of, you know, let him focus on something else like i think there there is there's a there's a statement made by disney that like the toxicity is a small fraction of it and we're not letting that win or we're not listening to that and you know because the, the rise of skywalker made it very much seem like they were listening to that and and you know then it, it's kind of a good look for the people that like the last jedi so i i could definitely see a version of it where it happens yeah I mean, I, I, I hope that happens. I, I, I hope he gets to make another Star Wars thing. Listen, I love Star Wars. I also love Ryan Johnson. When I interviewed him before seeing The Last Jedi at the junket, I said to him, you know, Ryan, I love your movies and I love Star Wars, but you signing on to do this trilogy means that we're not going to get any originals for you from you for like 10 years. And I'm not sure I want that. <laughs> so on, on one hand, I, I'm kind of happy that we might not get him stuck in the star Wars system for, you know, five, six years, um, of his life. Uh, but I also would love to see what he could do, you know, coming off last Jedi and what, how, I mean, you have to admit the last Jedi is kind of a response to the force awakens in many ways, or at least it's been interpreted that by many people. And I, I feel like Johnson, uh, is very clever. He's he's so smart, and I would love to see how whatever he does next in Star Wars is a response to what has come before it. 
So, yeah. Um, but we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll keep a pin in this. I I am not. Um, I'm not, I'm not getting excited because I, I don't, I don't, I, I'm still doubtful it's going to happen. And maybe I, I, I see more of the fact of like him doing like a TV thing or something. Right. Again, I'm not saying the trilogy. I'm saying he's coming back to star Wars for something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, another story I want to talk about today is there's some news that there might be a sequel in development for Jordan Peele's Nope. Uh, maybe. Kind of. There's some hints. Kind of. There. Yeah. So this is a this is an admittedly odd story. Um. So Jordan Peele is a guy like he hasn't ruled out a sequel to Get Out. He hasn't ruled out a sequel to Us. But when he talks about stuff, the guy kind of seems to talk in riddles, which I respect in some way. Um. <laughs> he was recently speaking with the New York Times, and what's interesting is it was they didn't they weren't like, do you want to make a sequel? What had happened is. There's an actor named Michael Bush who was listed as nobody in the credits on IMDb. And he showed up in one of the trailers and that shot was very clearly not in the actual movie. So in kind of responding to that, Peel said, the story of that character has yet to be told. I can tell you that, which is another frustrating way of saying I'm glad people are paying attention. I do think they will get more answers on some of these things in the future. We're not over telling all of these stories. There's the quote. See, when, when I first when I first saw the the credit, I thought nobody was that like maskless. Uh, I mean, I guess slight spoilers, but uh, near the end, there's a TMZ guy that shows up and he's like wearing a helmet and he's maskless. So I thought like that might be nobody, quote unquote, nobody. Um, but I, apparently that's not the case. So uh, what? How is he? What do you think this means, Ryan? <laughs> I think I think it means that Jordan Peele is a guy who has a lot of ideas, and I think he might have another story in his head rolling around that universe. Maybe there was a thread that didn't get pulled, you know, like a thread that he meant to pull but didn't pull it in the final edit. Um, uh, here's my thing. Practically speaking, uh, Nope is kind of hovering at around 150 million worldwide against a 68 million dollar budget. That's not great. Uh, it's not terrible, but it's not great. Like it means Universal's probably not going to profit on ticket sales alone, but over time, between VOD and everything else, they might make some money on it. Um, so doesn't scream sequel off the bat. Um, I don't know. Is there some weird like? spinoff tv show or like a short that's included on the blu-ray i don't know like is there is it's, it's it would seem hard for me to believe that there's just an outright sequel happening unless the unless the vod numbers are bigger than than we know and the only other thing is that the international rollout was flubbed pretty badly which we talked about a few weeks ago um i think if universal acknowledges that and they say hey that's on us we could have made more money from this there is an audience for this uh i don't know maybe but but it's strange. It's a strange. It's a strange way in, and it's a strange thing to have been said. And uh, I, yeah, I don't know. It's just an inter- It's kind of an interesting thing to ponder. One one thing that that I've thought about when thinking about the story is: Do you think that Jordan Peele could be okay? So at Halloween Horror Nights, 
<laughs> Universal Studios in Orlando, uh, in, in Hollywood, they have a terror tram this year where you go onto the back lot and it, people are going to go through Jupiter's claim and uh, the, the characters that are going to be haunting you in Jupiter's claim are the untethered from us. So it's kind of like this mashup of Jordan Peele, you know, franchises for Universal. I'm not suggesting that us and and Nope are connected, but I kind of wonder if Jordan Peele might eventually start connecting his movies in some kind of way. And like, you know, Nope kind of had some like uh, out like the trail the early trailers felt Tarantino esque. Um, maybe it was because it was built around the film industry and uh, whatever. And it, it makes me wonder if like maybe there's eventually a plan to have characters show up in other movies, you know, Tarantino or Kevin Smith. Like, is that, is that a reach? It's probably a reach. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I would have seen it that way. I, I know I'm, I'm spawning off of like a stupid uh, theme park thing. <laughs> There's no connection to anything, but I, I wonder if uh, Peel wants to create the Peel verse. Maybe, uh, maybe it would be interesting. It's an interesting idea. Like it's, it's, I, because I get, I guess the only problem is like, okay, us and Nope sort of existing in the same universe would be kind of interesting, but get out seems so divorced from all of that. Like it's, it's get yeah. out is too grounded. So I wonder and you also like, you know, the guy's a big fan of the Twilight Zone. Like you worked a lot on Twilight Zone. You can't help but wonder, like, maybe if there that's mo more the idea, right? Like maybe not that all these stories take place in exactly the same universe, but there's kind of like, I hate to use the term multiverse, but you know what I mean? Like other, yeah. I don't know, like kind of that idea of like almost like the same universe of anthology tales or something. I don't know. But yeah, yeah maybe. I don't know. I mean, the, the other reason is I, I don't think we're going to see another movie about what Nope is about. I, I feel bad even still, like, spoiling the premise because the premise was kind of kept from the trailers. But I feel like we're not going to see the cloud again, right? Well, look, it's already on VOD and it has been for a couple yeah. of weeks. I think we're – yeah, yeah I, I – yeah, I guess we're not, we're not going to see that cloud again. Yeah. I, I just know. don't think they're going to explore that. I don't think there's a, a more to mine. No, I, no, I'm with you. I, that, that like get out. You could maybe argue there's a sequel there. You know, like I could very much see some sort of follow up to that. This movie felt very much like the story that he wanted to tell was told. So if you're going to do something, it's got to be a spin off of some kind where it's not like super direct. Yeah. I'm also guessing that we're, I mean, this is already on VOD. So is the deleted scenes with this character, this no one on the VOD version? I don't know. I haven't, I, I don't, I rarely, well, especially at premium VOD pricing, I have yet to, not once have I paid for a premium VOD movie because I just can't pay 20 bucks to watch a movie at home. But, but, um, so the, I, I'm guessing it'd be on the Blu-ray if not like a, if, yeah. if, I mean, usually the digital purchases do have extras on them. But I'm not sure. Um, I know Kyle Buchanan tweeted out uh, the following. He said the Michael Bush uh, nobody character was a pretty major deleted subplot. He was a whole POV character obsessed with Gordy's home 
and the actress on it and heads to a taping with his gun and then stumbling upon the scene ends up shooting the chimp. I don't know how this could connect to anything, right? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. Well, that would be now that now there's an interesting idea, though, because you had that whole Gordy subplot, yeah. you know, and all that stuff. Maybe you do something with that and it doesn't even have to touch on any of the alien stuff. Yeah, I mean, possibly. Okay, let's get to our final story for today. This is the Marvel one, and this is that Ben Kingsley is going to return as Trevor Slattery in Marvel's Wonder Man Disney Plus series. So uh, if you don't remember, uh, Ben Kingsley first appeared in Iron Man 3 as the Mandarin. It turned out that he was just an actor, you know, spoiler alert for Iron Man 3, but it was revealed that he was just an actor hired to play the Mandarin. And uh, in Shang-Chi, uh, he reappeared in Shang-Chi and uh, he had been uh, broken out of prison and he was rescued by the real Mandarin who turned out to be Shang-Chi's father. And Slattery helps the heroes escape and uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much his story so far. It's kind of a ridiculous character, but apparently he's his story has, has not met its end in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's going to continue on. It's going to continue on in Wonder Man. And I got to admit, Wonder Man is not a comic that I had read, but uh, what it is is uh, he was created in 1964 by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. And he started off as villain, but later decades, he was a founding member of the West Coast Avengers. And Wonder Man, a.k.a. Simon Williams, is the son of a wealthy industrialist whose company loses a lot of money to Stark Industries. And Baron Zemo offers him a chance to become a superpowered human, and he takes it. He's also a celebrity actor and stuntman, and in the comics has sort of a Hollywood hutshot swagger. So uh, th that might be the connection to how uh, Ben Kingsley's character appears in here because he's, you know, obviously a celebrity actor and stuntman. So maybe they're working together or something. Uh, also, I want to mention that Wonder Man's acting or alter ego, Simon Williams, appeared on movie posters in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and like the background. It was like an Easter egg and it was Nathan Fillion playing the character. And also Nathan Fillion voiced the role in the Modoc animated series, which is not considered canon. So will Nathan Fillion be in here? I don't know. We don't know. Uh, wh what do you think of Kingsley continuing to like come back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe years after I thought he, we would never see him again? Here's the thing. This goes beyond Marvel. Sir Ben Kingsley is 78 years old. Sir Ben Kingsley doesn't need to do another damn thing he doesn't want to do ever again. And he probably hasn't for a little while. What is crazy to me is that Ben Kingsley clearly just likes to work. <laughs> like, because like if you look at Ben Kingsley's just absolutely insane list of credits, like, okay, you know, the man Oscar winner, Gandhi, all this stuff. Dragonheart 3, The Sorcerer's Curse. Why? <laughs> I don't know. A movie called Robot Overlords in 2014. Did he have to do that? Absolutely not. Like, you know, he just does things like he likes to do. He likes to work. So something he must like something about this character. I think he liked working with Dustin. I think Ryan, th th there yeah. are movies on his IMDb that if you had pit, like if you had like, you know, here's five movies 
tell me which one's fake, I would have named all five of them as fake. Yeah, I, absolutely. A movie called Security, it, a movie called Collide, a movie called uh, yeah, no, yeah, Dragon Heart Three. If I'm not mistaken, <laughs> he was in the Blood Rain movie too. Like he, but but anyway, like point is, the guy likes to work. So like. Now, as far as I, I will say right up front, Iron Man 3 is one of those divisive MCU movies. I was so upset at that reveal, like in my screening, me and my little brother sit next to each other. We literally groaned out loud in the theater because I remember that Iron Man 3 trailer and like Ben Kingsley's Mandarin in that trailer and loving that so much. And I and t- almost 10 years removed, the sting has removed a little bit and I've been able to sort of like try to embrace it in some way, but I'm coming at this from someone who really hated that twist, like a lot. Um, The idea of like Trevor Slattery as an actor and then like the Wonder Man series, it would kind of make sense to have him in there. Like, because you you can make that weird Hollywood actor connection with the superhero. Cause how many people would have both of those connections to the superhero world and the acting world. So like, it would make sense to have him there for sure. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see what, what role Payne Kingsley plays in this series. If, if it's just a cameo, is he like, you know, the partner? I don't know. I'm, I'm very curious to see. I could but, see uh, him having an actually like somewhat substantial role in it. Uh, not like, not like just a cameo. I think he could, he could, he could like for real show up. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, that brings us to the end of today's Slash Home Daily. You can find more of all of our work at SlashHome.com. You can find this podcast in Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter at SlashHome.com. Please rate and read this podcast in Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends. Spread the word. And we will not be back until Monday of next week, but we'll see you then. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.